Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel shirt. No. It's not that much in it. Yeah. I'm like, if I hit, you, if I hit you as hard as I could in your arm, you'd be crying for a week. Well, um, imagine I just hit. Hit you in the face. We were just having an interesting com- conversation about punching our wives, and I hit record. So. <laughs> uh, we don't actually want to hit our wives. We're still waiting on Ricky. But I just thought, it, I just, I wonder how many people listen to this podcast out there whose misses. Do you have a missus that are all. Do Do you have a missus that thinks she can have you? That's what I'm asking. Yeah. And yeah. Johnny's a Johnny's. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to mess with John if if you had to pick any member out the fighting cock. John Boy would probably be the last person you want to fight after me. And I would say um, the fact that his wife thinks that he can have him is interesting. Ricky? Yeah? We started recording just because we were talking about our wives beating us up. I can... Uh, it sounded very, like, uh, recording-like. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you could tell. You're a pro in the sorry. game. <clears throat> you what? You're a pro in the game. Turn the camera on and we can get started. Does your missus think that she can have you Rick? uh she thinks she can but uh what? She, where does she, this come from um, i don't know she yeah she reckons she would be able to um <laughs> stick one on me but not not a fucking chance a couple of times we've had a little roll around she is quite she's stronger than i thought she'd be she did shock me hey what my missus no ollie i'm gonna roll around uh, with your okay. missus have i <laughs> well i don't know mate no Imagine that uh, being eyes rolling back in the day. Eyes rolling back in the day, maybe. But I, um, I, I caught my missus out. We'll cut a couple of good, uh, like f- friendly jabs. I, I should say. I was, uh, I was taking the the bins out as uh, as uh, us guys do. Yeah. And and as I was getting the black bag and I was shaking it up and down to get the air in it so that I could push it in, um, <laughs> she had a back turn towards me and I just put it over her head. 
Uh, so the whole black bag over her head down to the mid-base of her body. Then I just started jabbing her up. She couldn't see anything. <laughs> just getting her. <laughs> see, that's what I do. Just just bag her up, mate. You, use your brain. Bag your missus up. Bag her few, in. few jabs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's she's uh, she's strong. She has a low center of gravity, my missus. Mm, um, that's useful. Yeah, so she basically any time I've tried to tackle her, she just goes low and hunkers down. I just can't can't do much about that really. So um, uh, yeah, we also th- like thought she could beat me in a in a sprint. Now, <laughs> the fighting thing, I'm like, well, I'm massive, so like that just seems stupid. But like the sprinting thing, I can kind of understand where she was coming from, right? Because I'm massive, so yeah, she probably thought she well, could be quick. Yeah, he's never going to get up to speed. He's too slow. Um, but it was a bit like... Do you remember there was that stat that came out about when um, Nicholas Anelka was at Bolton? Yeah. And they released all their data. And over 60 metres, Kevin Davis, that big massive slug, was faster than Anelka. <laughs> so I was pretty confident. I thought, yeah, look it up. It's quite. A, I think it's, it's either 40 metres or 60 metres he beats Anelka. And then obviously Anelka just smashes him to bits. But he was the fastest player in their squad. Kevin over Davis like 40 metres. loved the goal against Spurs though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Of course he, he did. loved it. Him and James Beattie. Fucking, I used to hate James Beattie. Rubbish <laughs> for 90% of the season. Turns like at Spurs and it's like, looks like prime Alan Shearer. Um Actually, let's move on to the last question on the podcast because it's apt. Um, a Spurs fan sends in <clears throat> that's his name a Spurs fan uh, I keep thinking about you guys saying fat fall- <laughs> I keep thinking about you guys saying fat footballers should come back based on that if every professional footballer woke up this morning weighing 25 stone who would be the best player <laughs> and who is the world's best player all of our squad if every one of them woke up they were 25 stone and they had to represent Spurs who's your first name on the team sheet Tangy I, it is, still have the feet. It's Ndombele, hands down. Yeah, I mean he's already he's he's, he's nearly there already. But yeah. It, yeah, no, it's it's it's. So when you play five aside and you there's a, it turns up and there is a ginormous man turns up, you've got to be wary of him. Just keep the ball away from his feet. You keep the ball away from his feet, you'll be all right. There's a reason why a giant man is playing five aside football. It's because he's abs- absolutely a, a, a magician with the ball at his feet, and that's what Ndombele is. Who would be the most useless? Son. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's swimming Son. That, yeah, yeah. That would be good yeah, though. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. How, how good would it, Ricky, if every, if every like footballer see, was um, 25 stone? I'd like to see Romero, like, putting his weight behind one of his tackles, just going through everyone. <laughs> he would be, it would be a nightmare. Just bods bouncing off him. Got a mate, smashing people up. A mate of mine called Danny Azel, who's a similar build to... Um, to John Boy, but maybe a bit smaller. And he used to play right back. I don't know why. He was the biggest right back to ever, ever play football. It's not like the Gary Neville or Paul Parker, for some reason, came to mind. Just small, quick, you know, decent footballers play right back. He was massive and he insisted on playing right back. And he broke a man's leg by sitting on it by mistake. So they came together in a 50 50. He sat down. The guy's leg was underneath it, snapped, screams. <laughs> The, guy, the guy's out for a year. Next season, they are playing the same team again. Giza's first game, first first game back. Danny Azel goes into him, breaks his leg again. Same guy. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that pretty bad. Luck. He felt bad. He generally felt bad. Um, boys, uh, how you been? How's how's things? Uh, all right, Ricky. You've been fishing and that, yeah. Yeah, mate. Been fucking lo- some, loads of fishing. Catching loads some of perch. Fishing. Perch. 
catching perch, catching chub, any roach, any sturgeon. Dace. No, 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 no sturgeon around here, boy. <laughs> when are you going to upgrade catching and start chub. catching some proper fish, mate? They're 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 lovely. Yeah, those but little fish. You, you was a carp man back in the day. I was as massive carp fisherman, and then I sold all my gear to fund uh, watching Tottenham in Europe with you. So there you go. <laughs> what, why can't you just catch carp with your current fishing gear? What's the difference? Because it's t it's too light. You need a lot stronger, heavier gear, and it's more expensive. I don't want to go down that route either because I would. I'm already getting the feels about fishing. Already just thinking about fucking football off altogether now yeah just just <laughs> retire that's it just give up the season so you can just sit down by the river or lake and just think about nothing do you, you could smoking rollies all day do you, you could do an entire podcast throughout the entire season just following twitter on football uh, football on twitter never watching a game just get the get the highlights keynotes from fucking the guardian or whatever it might be and then just pretend you know that's fundamentally what podcasting is isn't it I'm not sure yeah, you have think, to watch I football. A lot anymore. of people do that. <laughs> um, I know. I, I I need to see footage. I need to see video of, of stuff happening. Fair enough. You're gonna be watching the uh, West Ham game tomorrow, boys. First preseason game. We're gonna be talking it's about first it. First play. Yeah. Probably. What, yeah. yeah. Probably. What time in, is it? Though, buzzing for that, John. <laughs> you can tell. I hear it in my voice. Probably. What? what uh, eleven yeah, probably, uh, Eleven o'clock tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday, so it'll be two, two, Tuesday. AM. Yeah. Ross. yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, probably then. Yeah. Uh, if you want to become a patron of the Fighting Cock, you can. Patreon.com forward slash the Fighting Cock. We are doing a instant reaction to the preseason friendly, which means absolutely nothing. There will be nothing we can gain from this preseason friendly that will have any bearing on the season going forward. But if you want to hear us talk about that nothing game, then you can pay by becoming a patron uh that just... is a bloody good sell that is <laughs> <laughs> i mean look, everybody knows that right you know i'm not saying oh, it's really important pre-season game we're going to see how the system is we're going to see what kind of attacking football we've got. So who's going to who's going to get a bit nothing it doesn't mean anything it's a fucking run around to get your fitness up that's it i don't know mate come and listen to us talk I about it yeah we, we, I are, am. we are going to preview it um just a quick one um as spurs are over in australia uh, the Cheese Room guys, Paul, Paul Fellows of the Cheese Room podcast, go and listen to their podcast. They hosted Ledley King and Marzi. And Marzi's the guy who does the interviews on uh, Halftime along with Ben Haynes, I think. Um, and they were talking to him. And uh, for some reason, Paul Fellows asked them a question. Uh, that he said, uh, we've seen the two of you on the podcast lately. Would you say it's more of the Fighting Cock or more of a Cheese Room podcast? And I'm not sure who responded. I'm pretty sure it must have been Marzi. I can't imagine Ledley King ever saying this. But he said, I think we, if we were the Fighting Cock, the club would shut it down inside a minute. I, I, I'm not sure if that's warranted or fair. If Daniel Levy is listening to this, I still hold out a, like a tiny little hope of interviewing him. <laughs> I'd love to interview Daniel Levy. That's like my dream interview. If you could interview anybody on earth, it would be Daniel Levy, I think. Would it really? Why don't you spend some more bloody money? Cheeky scamp. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely fair. It's definitely fair assessment because can you imagine like episode one of like Ledley King and Dawson's pod and King says to Dawson, all right, so you're going one inch into your mum or backing up one inch into your dad. <laughs> they might not and the club just bit. going, right, boys, that's enough. Gone. That's gone. <laughs> episode one, yeah. cancelled. It, it's like the first one. Dawson, there's no way you can fit 12 chicken nuggets up your ass. No way. <laughs> 
Do you think we should be? I think a we can. Be... Letters, a can. <laughs> letters, letters. And the will. Letters. <laughs> letters, a can. I promise. Go on. Um, yeah, I um, don't know what to say about that. Really, thirteen years in the making. Badge of honour. I love it. Yeah. <sighs> I used, I mean, I'm getting on now. I'm starting to become more mature in my. Uh, I'm not really entertained by these conversations anymore, Rick. That's a lie. But yeah, it is a lie. Hundred percent. It's well funny. <laughs> <laughs> John, John, you're right, John. Am I all right? Yeah, is everything yeah. all right in your world? I just, I mean, Ricky's halfway for a laugh, and then you're like, "Are you all right? I'm like, <laughs> what, did I do something?" I'm just trying, trying to. Yeah, life's good, mate. Yeah, life's good. Yeah, good. Life's good. Yeah, I'm all right. <clears throat> I saw some Balenciaga sandals the other day, and thought John would wear them. I mean, I imagine they were probably hideous and ugly. I don't. I, just, everything I think they're all right. Some of Balenciaga stuff is all right if you're minted. The I like the socks, the ones that look like socks, and uh, the ones that look like socks with the laces. Pretty much everyone else is, is scandalous. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan. It's the sort of stuff. I get like an actual, like a real pair of actual socks, like just one pair because they're about thirty quid for Christmas as like a big gift. And you know when you're a bit like, they are just still socks though. Yeah. So that's kind of annoying. But also, and also it's good. But then. Anytime you wear them, people just look at you like you're an absolute prick, which I am. But it's just a bit like, yeah. Like, I, w- I wore them when we went away for the Fighting Cock retreat. I remember them. Ricky saw, Ricky saw them straight away and he had me for them. He was like, what the fuck are they? I was like, well, I can only wear them here and show off in front of you lot. Because everywhere else, they don't, know, they don't know me. Yeah, but, exactly. you, but if you're showing off, it's like something you're, supposed to, you're going to be rated for. Like, well, no, you can't turn up in Balenciaga socks and people go, oh, well done, John. <laughs> They're nice. But you're never going to exactly. get that. No one's going to give you that. No. No, they're, they're, yeah, they're horrible. But that's what I mean. I can, it's a safe space for you lot because, you know, yeah. I mean, put it this way, I was, I knew I wasn't going to get stick for Balenciaga socks because Callum brought a fucking wrestling belt which he wore for most of the weekend. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's where's your cutoff point? <laughs> no, I mean, I, you're right. They're on a level. So, they're on a level. Safe space. You're in a safe space. Balenciaga socks, oh. WWE wrestling belts. It's oh, and there's no rules. Do what you want. Wear what you like. I wish. Had, I mean, we're trying to we're trying to demonstrate an element of cool on this podcast. You can't tell people about Cal's fucking wrestling belt. He owns about fifteen of them. He walks around his house. The best bit was carrying though, wrestling belts. There's a grown man. The best man. bit was. Everyone, everyone was like giving him a bit of banter about it, going, oh, you can't do that. You can't do Literally an hour in, people are walking around with the belt <laughs> over their shoulder, literally like top off, walking around like, who wants it? Who wants it? <laughs> I think, by the end of the weekend, everyone had had like, had a go. Let's have a belt. go on the belt. Let's have a go on the belt. Um, let's preview like, the game. Let's, uh, you know, West Ham, as I said, not, not a huge amount can, um, can be garnered from what we're about to see tomorrow. But if we do lose, do you think there'll be a meltdown on Twitter, Ricky? Uh, I would be gutted if there wasn't, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, we can say pre-season, new manager, new tactics, feeling things out, all of that stuff. But there is going to be a little bit of an element of that they've just won a trophy and we haven't. And there is going to be that if they beat us, it's going to be like, oh, you know, gone down to the the fourth team in London now, you know, with the trophy winners of West, you know, there's going to be a bit bit of that and it's going to get a bit saucy. And once you get a bit saucy, that's when the, uh, that's when it becomes toxic on Twitter. Why didn't we buy these centre-backs? See that goal, Dyer, you know, all all this lot. But, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that he says he's hopeful that people are a bit more understanding that from where where we were to where we want to be. The gap is cavernous, man. It's fucking they're totally different types of football. And these players for the last three, four years have been playing a certain way and they're, they're, they're programmed to to react like that. And they've had a couple of weeks <coughs> under Ange to understand what he wants and to play offensive football. So they're gonna, it, it's going to be... It's going to be messy, and I just hope people have the patience to kind of see it through. John? Um, I love Ricky's optimism here, but I I think people will have a meltdown because that's what just seems to be happening more and more. I, I think pre-season always used to be just like... I was never that interested in pre-season because it was never really a reflection of reality. Like, I remember there were teams who were... Or season, even we seasons we had. Remember when um, Bent signed for us? He scored about eight million goals in preseason. I was like, we wow, won every game. Gonna... We won every game. Yeah, <laughs> that preseason he scored a shit time, and we looked so good. And I was like, right, that's it. But this is it. Like we're turning a corner. This is going to be amazing. And let's be honest, he was pretty crap, and we weren't. We didn't rip up any trees. And the other preseasons where we've gone into it not winning much, and it's been pretty bad. And we've had a good season. So I've never really like put that much. It is for fitness and yeah of course it's nice to win pre-season games and see you playing well but they don't generally speaking mean that much and it does seem since maybe the whole idea of um teams going on tour and tournament like pre-season tournaments being like televised i remember we watched the, the audi cup win at your old man's house lab it's become more of a thing and people put more of a stake on it and like actually care about pre-season um, results and performances. I have no, so I absolutely no reconciliation. I don't rem remember that at all. We watched what at my dad's yeah. house? Yeah, me, me, you, I think Ricky went to your dad's house in Holloway and watched the Audi Cup final. Why? And then we tweet tweeted Audi Cup final winners. You'll you'll never sing that. <laughs> Hold on, when, I, don't when, remember when, you, I don't remember this. Are you sure you didn't you dream it? Up? This didn't happen, did it, Ricky? Yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember it. Find, was it before that, or podcast? Find that tweet. Find that tweet, and the location will say Holloway. I couldn't even tell you when that would, that might have happened. You dreamt that. Let's I be think... fair for that. Like, the pair of us, we literally have no recollection of seven minutes ago. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, my memory is. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to my memory. Age. Well, ec ecstasy probably. <laughs> 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 uh, that's just so, that was a joke. So yeah. It was a joke. That hasn't really taken next to see have you Rick. No. I'm on it now. I'm on, I'm on it now. It's great. <laughs> so happy. Um, that's why he doesn't think there'll be any beef on Twitter. He's like loving absolutely loving life. <laughs> yeah, full um, of love. So yeah, anyway, my my point being it's just in football, the way like football media's changed and like content, everyone's desperate for content. Like we're even talking about a preseason game. Like I'm not sure that like a couple of years ago people were that bothered about it. So yeah, I do think people put way more <coughs> emphasis on the result and performance <coughs> in these games than before. So yeah, I can't imagine it being great if we lose this one. I remember so, watching a preseason last year and um, obviously this is on the back of a great end to the season. And, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I quite like the patterns, quite like what I'm seeing. Kane was dropping deep, Richarlison was overlapping. I was like, yeah, this is great. I can see what they're doing here. We're going to start building fast-paced build-up play. We're going to bring in Son and Richarlison. It's been amazing. The season started, no low block. It's, you, don't, you can't tell a lot. But what I'm hoping to see is just a, a bit like a, a bit of intent and intensity. That's all I want to see. 
just a little bit different from from what we've seen before. And if we get beat, it literally doesn't matter. So if, it, if anyone's listening to this and it, it gets hurt by a a preseason defeat. Even if it is against West, I don't agree. The problem is it's against West Ham, and we had one last year against Arsenal. Was it the year before? I can't remember. Those are stupid. You shouldn't do that. What it, that is for, though, is, is is for fans from another part of the world to experience a, like a what might be considered a derby, but they're not. They're not derbies. They're not. You have. It has to be authentic. You can't just throw an Arsenal versus Spurs in a pre-season friendly and and expect it to mean something. It's not right. Although that one was at White Hart Lane, wasn't it? Did we win that? I can't it remember. Did we draw nil nil? I think it was last season. Wasn't, wasn't there friend, like friendlies where we the, the London teams played each Chelsea. other? Chelsea, we played Chelsea Arsenal. as well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what load of shit! Absolute bullshit. But that is yeah, never do that again. Never do that again, Tottenham. If you're listening, Malsey, fucking have a word. <laughs> Go and grab fucking Dan Levy by the scruff of his neck. You ever fucking do that again, dickhead? I'm. <laughs> Don't leave me a dickhead. <laughs> Rearranging the North London derby in August, in July. You ever do that again, you dickhead? So I've just I've got some receipts here for this Audi Cup scenario, right? I've gone on the I've gone on the account and I've seen it doesn't say the location because it just says from Earth. 2019 at 9:30, so immediately after the game. It says Audi Cup 2019. You'll never sing that. And underneath, because I told you to say it, I've put good tweet that. So I, I remember that day very distinctly. How many how many likes did he get? It got bare likes. Let me have a look. Uh, Nine hundred and seven likes and a hundred. For the time, that's not bad. Audi Cup two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. Who did we play? Two thousand nineteen. Bayern Munich, I think, didn't we? Shit, we beat Bayern Munich on pens. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah. I still don't remember it. Uh, you need to do more. When we spend about... time together, you need to do more so I remember it. I made no impact. I was in your house with your actual father. I don't remember your. I don't remember your wedding. We started off. We were in. We were in the garden, and it was sunny. And then we went did we do a podcast? Oh, fuck. I remember. I remember. I yes, remember. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I do remember. Yeah, I do remember. I started genuinely for like a like probably one percent started going have i just made this whole fucking thing up <laughs> thank god for that i don't yes, remember right. it i don't remember it we beat real madrid oh real madrid okay we beat, no no we beat real madrid in the group stages harry kane scored. oh right yeah there you go and in the final do you remember the two scorers in the final no eric lamella you... and christian erickson and alfonso davies scored for them along with who some bloke jan fiet up never heard of him uh <clears throat> I tell you what, if if Harry Kane goes to buy Bayern Munich, I'm I want Alfonso Davies in return. 
just solves our left back left side problem. He is probably left wing left back. He doesn't yeah, want he, he doesn't want to play left back, but he's played in the four, right? So he doesn't want to play yeah. left back. He doesn't want to, but we fucking pay his wages and you do as you're told. Hang on, so he he's uh, an attacking fullback who can play in a back four. I didn't think that existed. Before that, <laughs> no, no, impossible. no. We this is this is what you do, John. You're just slightly altering <laughs> the truth of what we said. <laughs> we said there's a wing back, attacking wing back is different from attacking fullback. Well, we'll I'm just saying he now plays wing back, but he played perfectly fine in a left back. Well, no, he played. He's, he's he's a left wing or a left back. Let's just just you, you know you know what you're doing. You know you're slightly altering what was said, and uh, let's just move on. Um, actually, he's got a question here actually from uh, Jack Enoch out. Jack Doyle gets a question in every single week, but he does ask good questions. So well done, Jack. Carry well, on. Jack. Out of uh, Reguilon and Nombre and Lacelso, who all seem to be involved in Angie's plans. Who is most likely to be a, be an option for Angie, and for his season for this season? Personally, I feel Regulon could be useful if fit due to Davies' limitations and the fact that Adogi is an unknown quantity. So, if you out of the three, if you had to pick one to succeed, who do you think it might be, Rick? I would probably go with Lacelso, if I'm honest. Really? Um, yeah, and I don't. I I'm. I, I'm not a fan of Lacelso, but I just think number eight, though, isn't he? His, yeah, his, his all-round game uh, and his work ethic, he would play well um, in Andrew's system. I think Tangi, we all love him. We all know he's a baller, but has he got that kind of that engine to get up and down the pitch? Commitment and to desire and to yeah to, to not be blowing out his ass within 25 minutes um and Reggie Reggie's Reggie's also a good shout as well but the thing is the thing I worry about Reggie is when he went to Atletico he he barely played I don't know if he played a minute did he so like like him getting any more experience or kicking on as a player the reason why he was loaned out is because he didn't play the, that left wing back position but then if he had gone to Atletico or, or whoever he'd gone to he just hasn't got the minutes under his belt so I don't know if he's progressed as a player or, or found a new position or what, like what's what's he got new to his game that he, that he can bring but with uh, Lacelso, he's played a lot more games. Yeah, he played eleven games. Game. I don't know how many games he started, but he, he played eleven games for Athletic last uh, uh, last season. I, I think Reguilon is a shout just merely because he is a left back, and it's an option, and he's he's available now as opposed to, you know, whether or not. I think we all agree that these players, as little wing backs, John should be able to play left back and will be trained to do as such if we play that system. But Reguilon is available and understands the role completely right now, and that will be useful to Ange in, in the formative stages of his managerial career at Tottenham. So I think him and Emerson Rao will be important because they are fullbacks in in true form. What about you? Did you see? Did you see uh, Reggie's uh, Insta story of um, yeah. where he got tackled by Romero? Done by Romero. Like, isn't it? Cut his leg open. Did the official account retweet or re- do something with that footage? I don't know. I can't remember. Didn't he call his mum a whore or something? 
<laughs> something like that. I, I think in the audio there is something like that trails off at the end. <laughs> Your mother's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, John? Lacelso and Dombele or Reguillon? Mate, I'm actually going to completely agree with you. I think, like, um, all jokes aside about the like fullbacks playing, um, like, you know, as left backs and right backs, it would take time. You do need to coach them, right? It's not like it's not like can just do it from day one. And so Reggie, I think his best football before he joined us was in a back four playing left back. And I think the point about Davis is a good one, which is like Davis's like best position is the third like in a centre back three on the left hand side we don't play that anyway now so if we go to a back four then he'll have to play, play left back potentially because I don't think he can play in a two and he's alright at left back like he's played pretty well for Spurs there but it is much more of a defensive type fullback and I think we need someone who can kind of do it both ways in in the squad and so it will take the others some time to get up to speed I think Rick's point around Lascelles is also pretty fair I just genuinely just just I just don't rate him enough to even... I can't even imagine it. Like, I just, just really don't rate him. I just don't think he's technically a very good footballer. Um, and Endombele has all the technique. It's just application with him. The one the one thing that would make me think maybe Endombele could do this and could be the one is because I know everyone talks about like the high press and the high energy, but the, the thing that I... In all the clips I saw of Ange when he was at Selwig was just the relentlessness and bravery to play and play forward and play attacking. And I don't think he will ever not play that way. So if you can, if Ange sees enough light energy, and I know we joke about him being fat, he's still actually fit. It's not like he's completely incapable of getting around the pitch. I think there's a an argument to be made that if he can just tip the scale enough on the getting around the pitch, that it works, but you're getting this massive upside that there is a slim chance that he could be a success under Ranch. I do think there is a shining little, tiny little bit of hope there. We're not necessarily talking about him starting. We're just talking about having an no, impact yeah. as a squad player. And no, yeah, no one fair. should be guaranteed to start, barring a couple. Potsogoglu's in an interesting situation because he has a really big squad. And obviously he needs time to assess that squad and who's going to be work best. What personalities are going to kind of fit what he wants, what kind of dressing room he wants, but also what kind of technical aspects are these players going to be able to bring so that he can deliver his system and achieve success at Spurs? And if they're in a situation where we need to move some of them on, there must be a time period that he's, uh, that he's, he's confronted with. Because you can't, we can't go into the new season or the end of August with a squad as big as it is. It's, it's, it's mad. It doesn't fit. You're gonna have loads of wages, just not even making match day match day squads. Just wonder how much pressure he's under. I mean, I guess this is there's an ongoing dialogue between him and Daniel Levy, saying like, look, you've got to make a decision about rugby on, you know, and Dombele and Lacelso and Dombele especially because of the amount we need we, we need time to find a club for him. Um, Lacel, I, I mean, read um, yeah, I, I read an article uh, this morning about uh, Post Cogley saying that. There's only, there's only a handful of people that have been um, left behind. I think it's Lloris trying to find another club. Um, Cess injured. Uh, Parrot injured. Um, Forster injured. Yeah, there's, there's a few. But he wanted everyone out, everybody, regardless of whether they're... Um, rumoured to be kind of finding another club because he wants everyone to be in the same environment 
He said, there's no better place to be that when you're traveling um, away as a squad to become that um, that friend, that friendly kind of environment and for everyone to understand what he wants out of them to, to lay the groundwork. So I think it's, although we have got a lot of players and there's a lot of them out there, um, and like you're saying, that when they come back and he has to pick his squad and there's going to be some players... Um, not even in the match day squad and we're paying a lot of money. Yeah. I think it's really good that he's he's just taken that approach that he wants to see all the tools he's got available. And it's not just coming in and saying, Oh, Conte said this, so I'm not going to give that player a chance. He's given everyone an, an equal chance uh to see their character, to see their technical side, see how fit they are. And he was saying about what he wants to see from his players is how hungry they are, like motivationally. Like he he wants to see people putting their bodies on the line, really, and, and to be um, there for the cause. And when you've got a massive group of players, you you'll see the the people that are just just making up the numbers and don't really want to be there, or that this style of management or this style of training and fitness, they they'll just they'll they'll give him the sign and he'll just ping him off then. It's, it's amazing kind of what atmosphere he's already created, Postacoglu. And, and you don't know how much of this is true because you're just seeing clips that the media want you to see and then obviously press conferences in a pre-season are always going to be quite light-hearted. But the energy seems to be completely different from that of Conte. And we, we know that to be the case. But do you pick up on that as well, John? This kind of light-heartedness around it, like this, you know, him and Sonny in these press conferences together and joking about when Australia beat South Korea in 2015, and just just the kind of positive feelings that are, that are, that are you know transmitting from the club at the moment. John, oh, your earphones are gone. He's got 600-pound earphones on, and uh, they're not working. <laughs> What about you, Rick? Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's hugely important. I mean, like, if you if you reduce it down to the, the most basic thing of when you're in a work environment in your, you know, your personal life and your profession, when you come to the office and it's just work, 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 there's no banter, there's no kind of, like, uh, people being personable and it, it's just, it's just boring and not everyone's like that and you find it hard to be yourself and i just don't think it's kind of that conducive to to um, everyone pulling the, in the same direction really yeah so so when you have someone like conte that is this uh like surly mean kind of uh character maybe you feel like you can't approach him maybe you feel like you can't not mess around in training, but just it, that lightheartedness, that bit of banter, um, and and seeing Ange with the players and in the uh, press conferences, it does feel a lot lighter, and it does feel like people can actually be themselves. And maybe it's you know it's pre-season, you're away in Australia, and everyone's happy at the moment. But a lot of the interviews that I'm seeing with players, and especially Sonny was saying that he's looking forward to being to playing more offensive. Yeah. And it's that excitement of everyone in training for the 60, 70 minutes, all they're doing is working on moving the ball forward. All they're doing is working for 
uh, like passing into spaces so that players can go run in and attack. It's it's those type of things. It's not like another sixty minute of low block and everyone marshaled exactly in their lines and to never ever break the line. It's it just seems a lot more fun. Imagine and, and where a lot of the players want to be. You're right. Is it what you just said there about about Son and you know talking about the offensiveness of the football and how how exciting that is to be a part of and, and looking towards that. And obviously the comments about he was asked a question about the Saudi links. He said, "If I wanted to be there, I would be there." But last season I suffered. Last season was not the Sonny I know. I want to show people the Sonny they know this season. Like imagine if you're getting Hummin Son fifty percent better than we had him last year. Not only that. Richarlison as well because Richarlison was an unmitigated disaster pretty much last year uh, but we know he's a better footballer than, than what, we, what we saw imagine going into this new season with Huminson playing at the, in his pomp again with Harry Kane if he stays and Richarlison 50% 60% better than he was last season dare I say it Ricky it'd be like having two new players yeah I mean it's well Kulu I think he um, he's the number really... one he really kind of like the last maybe third of the season injuries, I don't know, just disappeared. But if you got those front three that you've just mentioned, if they did even increase like 30%, it would be a massive difference. Goals. Lots of goals. Goals, assists, <laughs> running. <of> just <laughs> just, just do that. Attempts. That's lots of crosses. There'll be lots of yeah. crosses. Lots of, lots of key passes, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> XG, lots of XG, yeah, X, XG through the roof. Tons of XG. That's what we yeah, want. Yeah, mate. Fair XG. We have oh, loads, <laughs> shit, loads of XG. Can you imagine all Fair the XG? Mate, too much XG. Rick, I'm gonna be sick of XG. XG. By Christmas, I'm gonna be sick of XG. Sick of it. <laughs> Honestly, we'll be full to the guts of XG. Yeah, XG coming out XG. of every orifice of our body, just XG everywhere. <laughs> Both ends. Yeah. Got no defenders, so XG everywhere. XG in yeah. defence, XG up front. Just yeah. fucking loads of XG. I love it. XG coming in, XG coming out. It's all coming. Yeah. Bosh. Yeah. XG all over. Anyway. Um, yeah, John Boy, we were just talking about the chemistry and the, and, the, and the kind of mood that he seems to be creating at the club. Do you buy into it? Is it real? Uh, well, look, I'm definitely buying into it. I think like he talks just so well. He's such a like strong communicator, and he's just got like such a great vibe. It's not just, um, it's not like Nuno, where it's like he's saying the right stuff. But be- I'm not sure he <laughs> believed it. I don't believe you. <laughs> so when he's, yeah. he's like, I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna. Don't worry, Tottenham fans. We're gonna make you, we're proud. Make you proud. We're looking. We, will make you we don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Mate, come on. You, you lied like, to us. You, know, you lied to us. Head. And you lied to yourself, more importantly. Yeah, you took uh, the job knowing that you couldn't do it. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah, how dare you? So I feel like, um, yeah, he speaks really well. So I'm definitely bought in because I feel like, you know, he's giving himself the, the best chance. And to be honest, I think, you know, we could sit here and actually just list a ton of players from the squad who we really should sort of reset our thinking on them because... The way that we're going to be playing versus what we were used to for the last like couple of years is literally night and day. So, I'm excited by the fact that we can almost reset with with the way that we think about the squad. And I think it's the classic thing when you when you're too close to something, you watch it all the time, and things are going bad. Everyone's rubbish. Everyone's terrible. Everyone needs to be sold. 
when things are going well and other fans are looking going, I'm not sure about him, not sure about them, you'll come up with a million reasons as to why they're they're brilliant. So I feel like we just need a bit of, um, you know, we just need a little bit of context to see what actually happens and who's going to thrive under his system. But, mate, I'm well excited for it. Um, I love to talk about Kane again. In fact, I don't want to talk about what might happen if Kane leaves. Where's he going? Just read the comment from Postacoglu in terms of dealing with it. So a good chat with Harry Kane. Bayern Munich statements. He's not going. He's going. He's not going to be phased by anything, and it has zero impact on me," said Postacoglu. He's here, and while he's here, Harry is totally committed to what we're doing. There's also a bit of information we had that Harry Kane would not agitate to move. He doesn't want impact. Um, you know, the relationship with the club probably go through the shit he went through last time. Uh, PSG have joined the race which can only be a good thing if he is leaving because then you know Bayern and PSG have to fight it out I've been linked with a geezer called Xavi Simmons who's uh, who owned by PSG because they activated a, their uh, rebuy clause is that right? buyback clause <coughs> apparently had a great season in the Eredivisie last season one of the most tipped young people, young players in Europe plays in Son and Solomon's position so I can't imagine him coming to Spurs but who knows who gives a shit until it happens? It's all bollocks. Uh, Zach Shafiq says, uh, if Kane goes, do you buy two centre-backs or one centre-back and one striker? Rick. Two centre-backs or uh, one centre-back and a striker if Kane leaves? Regardless of Kane leaving or not, I still think we need to bring the two centre-backs in, personally. If he leaves, um, so yeah, it's two centre-backs, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but then if he, if he does leave, then it's two centre-backs, a striker... And another attacking midfielder or something like that. Four you more. Look, you, yeah, you need to find those goals. I just want to go back to something quickly. Go on. You know, you're just saying about the the quote from Postacoglu. <clears throat> um, it feels and like uh, like as John was saying earlier about him being a communicator. It feels like that he has the players' backs, and like he is the the spokesperson for the club. Whereas last time with Conte and with Mourinho, if this this type of question or this type of interest could have come up, you can just imagine their responses like, "Oh, well, you have to speak to you have to speak to Harry on that. You got to speak to to Kane, to see what he's thinking, to see what he's. You'll have to speak to uh, to Mister Levy. He's in charge of the football club, and you know we're just the coach. All that kind of stuff. But it's just like it's kind of like very general. It's like he's answered the question." But it's quite general, so it doesn't give you enough to kind of write headlines about. And as to say, we've had this sit down and chat. I think he's also said previously he's he's not received a phone call from Bayern. Harry says he's here, he's training, he's just getting involved, he's committed. And kind of you can't really go anywhere with that. You can't start digging even more and hanging stuff on what he said. It just feels like he he's protective of his players and he, and he will be that guy he will be that shield whereas previously it has felt a lot like ask them not me they're the one who's got the contract issues not me i don't deal with con you know that kind of thing yeah he's taking Which responsibility nice, really he's leading nice. yeah 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 exactly he's, he's doing what he should exactly. do is he's, he's the leader of the club he's the leader of the squad rather he's the he's, he's the focal point to tottenham hotspur as a footballing entity and fundamentally everything that happens on the pitch should the buck should stop with him and he's willing to embrace that responsibility whereas our other managers haven't been like that Mourinho hasn't been like that nor has Conte and look you can't that's the way they are it's the, their personality and it has it has 
garnered them a lot of success behaving that way. But as a fan, it's difficult. Whereas now it does seem like we've got a man who who will take the brunt of the responsibility on his own shoulders as a manager should, in my opinion. What about you, John? Anything to add on that? Yeah, I, th- I think you boys have nailed it. Really, he's just—he's a leader, and he's just—he's uh, like a statesman of the club that he's in charge of, and treats the the clubs as institutions in the right way, rather than just like the manager's just a job as an employee. And that's the big difference, like straight away between him and the way Con- Conte acted. Like, I'm a contractor; it's not my job, kind of thing. He was like, "That's <laughs> uh, not—that's not in my job description, mate. Sorry, I'm not doing that." Or like, do you know what I mean, like that kind of vibe. Whereas, you know, with these other people, they come in, they and. Ange is a prime example of it. They they don't see it as a job. They see it as like an honour and something that you're representing like a fan base, which is much more in line with how fans feel about their club as an institution, as a community of people, and that the manager's like the voice and the representation of that. And he's just like he's just got that right from the outset. And so I think for players, for us as fans, it's great, right? Like immediately, I'm f- like I'm feeling the connection again. It's the same, pretty much same group of players, but. The way he's talking about what he's going to do with them and the way he's leading the club is making me feel more connected. And I do think that the players, who will obviously get that day to day and will see that like close hand, that will be inspiring. Like I just, I don't know how you could not be motivated by a guy like that. And so, if we combine that with playing much more attacking football, it's probably a pretty exciting place to be right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's, it's like it's, he has em- empathy and understanding. That that's what that's what he 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 has in abundance. It feels and whereas yeah. Conte was some somewhat psych, psychopathic about it. He had yeah. no empathy. He was apathetic. <laughs> he didn't give a shit, and um, you know, and 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 would 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 blame and and, and neglect his responsibility. So in in every aspect, Postecoglou has every advantage to really play himself, and he has done already into the hearts of Tottenham's fan base because. He isn't what they were. And it's because of what's gone before. And almost, it's almost to some degree relatively grateful to that because I'm now feeling like I am now, which is the lightest that I've ever felt as a Spurs fan for years. Probably under sort of early Poch days right, where the expectation wasn't there, but the atmosphere was, was good and it felt good being a Spurs fan. I mean, this is all without seeing him play a single game. <laughs> It could all go tits up very quickly, but right now can go only go by what what I've seen, and and that is only positive, completely positive. <clears throat> um, so Loris looks like he's on the way out. Um, he's been left back in England to sort out 
uh, whatever his next club might be. And I imagine there won't be any fee involved. He'll just be allowed to leave. It seems weird, isn't it? He's going to leave on a bit of a whimper, given the fact that he's been hard number one for what, what feels like 10 years, 10, 11 years, right? What, what do you think his legacy would be, Rick? That he was... Um, I think overall, generally, I thought he was a good leader, a good captain. Um, his goalkeeping ability, uh, shot stopping, was amazing for years. I think he was. He was quite. Apart from the drink driving, he was a model professional, yeah. and he was someone that I, I would like. When we signed him, I could not believe we'd signed him. Like, I literally could not believe that he'd come to us. Um, and he has been fantastic. But there there has been a deterioration. We've all seen that. Um, and I think it's a, the right time to kind of go. I think he could have seen it a year. and Or he could have even played for another few years. But uh, I just think he, he, he knows it's, it's time to go. And he's, and he's bowing out with, um, with dignity. And... Towards the end, there was a lot of a lot of uh, goals that he conceded, which someone of his caliber you just wouldn't expect. But um, I, he he kind of goes with a, a huge amount of respect uh, from me, and I bet he you know that's the, that's the main thing. Him leaving is like as long as I've got the respect from Ricky, then I don't <laughs> care. It's been a fabulous 10, 11 years. So he's happy. He's got my respect as well for what he's worth. <laughs> Swindon lot? <laughs> I'm not sure about the Swindon lot. What? <laughs> little slugs. I, um, I, I, first of all, I totally agree with what Rick said. Like he, He's the best keeper we had in the Premier League era. He's been brilliant for us. He's like he, he When he came in, he definitely was, was a shock because I remember like Barcelona were linked with him and it was like, oh, that was... I can't remember who their keeper was at the time, but it kind of made sense that they were looking for a new keeper. Stegen. We got him. And, yeah, and it was like, wow, we've like we've scooped in and managed to get him. That's great. But he'll go there in a couple of years, right? And it was always, oh, he'll go in a couple of years. Oh, he's going to leave in a few years. And he just didn't. He just stayed with us and he had plenty of opportunities to leave. And I think people sometimes forget that. I think generally with like legends of the game or like players who stick with your club for a long time, um, it's like that kind of old phrase of like you know that you live long enough basically where, where everyone starts hating you right you go you start as a hero and then it gets to a point where people then sort of fall out of love what, and I think when you so actually you're comparing him leave, to Spider-Man is that what you're basically yeah in a lot of ways yes yeah. um, but my point was going to be that when when players just I love like, like you're making retire, a really quite a profound statement but you're actually just nicking the storyline from Spider-Man <laughs> Yeah, and I, have, I, can't, I I didn't even say it right. I can't even remember what the fucking line was. What was it? Was it, it, um, was, it, was, it was? You it was, either die a legend or live long enough. A hero to, to become. Hate a, you or something. Was it Spider-Man? Something like that. I don't know where it doesn't matter. Don't know. Something like that. Anyway, oh, sorry, the point man. is, sorry, sorry. Toward, <laughs> towards the end of people's careers, they get people get slated because they're slowing down. They're getting worse. They're getting bad. I mean, think about Shevchenko, right? One of the best strikers the world's ever seen was absolutely ridiculous for AC Milan. When he was at Chelsea, he was a laughing stock. Like people used to mock him, like he was crap. Now no one remembers that bit because they just remember one of the best strikers in Europe. Schmeichel was at Man City towards the end of his career. Crap, getting lobbed every week was rubbish. No one brings that up when they're remembering Peter Schmeichel's legacy, are they? Yeah. They're just remembering him at his peak. And so I think you know the last season has been has been pretty poor by his standards, and so it's all fresh in our minds. Like, oh, he was good, but 
I think in a few years' time, when he does retire, there'll be no but. Yeah. It will just be he was brilliant. What a great keeper. What a great servant. And I think that's worth bearing in mind. He'll come back to Tottenham as well. Legacy. When he retires, he'll come back to Tottenham, yeah. and there'll be a big sort of sing song about him when he, you know, before a game, they'll wheel him out. Everyone will clap. You do, go, do, um, yeah, I hope so. Do players still get testimonials? Is that still a thing? I don't. It's like, not, isn't I mean, it like you you play ten years at a club and then you get offered a test testy? Back in the day, back in the day, it was yeah. Is when players would need the lump sum as they go into retirement. Now it's a relative. Uh, yeah, like you know, test- led these testimonial was about him. You know, one club man. You know, he's literally king. But I don't think anyone else would get one. I don't think testimonial is a, a thing anymore, really. To be fair though, like te- ten years at a club these days is well rare, and especially like, one that doesn't they don't win. need the money. <laughs> exactly, they don't need the money. So I think like even Ledley, I think they gave most of that to charity. But like again, just thinking from a club perspective, like I think that would be great. Like I didn't go to Ledley's testimonial, but a couple of my friends went, and it was like they were like that was one of my best experiences of like going to something Spurs-related football-wise. Yeah, because it was just there was so much love there. And like I think if you time that right and kind of get the mix of players and stuff correctly, it can be like a really nice. Again, it's that idea of giving something back to the fans and making it a bit more about the connection and the culture rather than just like football's become very much like a commodity and just a bit soulless things like getting a testimonial are rare and special for that reason so like i, th- I yeah. feel like the club should make a bit of an effort for that and do something because yeah p- people appreciate it i don't just gave him loads of money what, isn't that enough <laughs> isn't all that money we give you enough isn't it what no well, kane should then... have a testimonial should he next hey kane he's been here 10 years yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if, you, if you've been, if you've played for the club for ten years, uh, you should definitely get a, a testy, in my, um, in my mm. opinion. I like those games as well because, I mean, on a, from a selfish point of view, yeah, uh, that I can take my kids along. I like, I can't get tickets to Tottenham, having a season ticket, and then being able to get my kids tickets and sitting next to them. Like, it, it, there is just no chance of that that happening during for, for a, a Premier League game. So these kind of the the early cup games and testimonials and stuff like that I quite enjoy them because at least I can I can bring my uh, girls and you, uh, indoctrinate them further. That that is nice Rick to be fair. Um like if it was you though, like if you're Larice and you going, do you want so we've got this idea, do you want, do you want this testimonial we'll wheel out some of your old players that you used to play with and you know hopefully everyone comes. I'd be like Oh, do I have to? I don't, I don't really want to do that. Can I just go to Inter Milan and we'll just say that that's that? that that's kind of not, not everyone likes surprise birthday parties, do they? No. It's like, True. what do you want to do for your yeah. birthday? Nothing really. I'm just, I'm happy just being at home on the sofa with a glass of wine. Do you know what I mean? Not everyone wants to go out and do Ibiza for four days. Maybe they maybe they asked him and he said no. In fairness, like we, I guess we don't know. No. Maybe he was like, went, no. "Nah, you're right. No, nah, I'd just rather have a drink and drive if you don't." Sacre bleu. <laughs> he was sick in his footwell. People forget that. Yeah, so there's been so like drunk and there's been so drunk that you're sick in your footwell. That is, that's very drunk, isn't what, it? Uh, grown men that are sick after alcohol. Well, that's proper beater energy. Ick. <laughs> Ick, that's it? fucking winds me up as well you know that that's why you said it 
<laughs> like everyone's going, oh, look, what's your biggest ick? Ick weren't a word five years ago, but now everyone's. And the problem, my my, my problem with it, my problem with it is when no, people when people say it, they know they're saying it. They're saying it on purpose because they want to fit in. What's yeah. your biggest ick about your wife? My biggest ick is my thumb in your fucking eye. <laughs> it doesn't stick. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, oh, well, what's your, oh, it gives, you know me, the, it gives me the ick. It gets on your nerves is the word you're looking for. Oh, it gives me the ick. Fucking fuck Do off. You know, my version of my version of people using the word ick is the, this cap, no cap, cap thing. I yeah. can't fucking bear that. That is just nonsense. And it's, it's well, no different. Just, so grown, cap grown is men, li lying. He's lying, right? So people say like no cap means I'm not lying. But it's, it, they're so much the same size of words. It's pointless. It's not saving you any time. But, but the thing like, is, I've never, I've never right. heard of that, John. Oh, mate, it's so you're, annoying. This, this, is, why, this, this is why I'm taking up fishing again. Which is, <laughs> you're capping, bruv. You're yeah, capping. You're capping. You're, you're lying. And, 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 and I get it Rubbish. if you're a child and you need to fit in and you want to belong to a wider group. Adopt it then. Yeah. If you're a grown man using it, you've got to like, take a look at yourself. You've got yeah. to take a look at yourself. <laughs> this is, and that's why I'm voting Conservative. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, I, back in the day, I'd have been worried about making that joke because I think, oh, our listeners are going to think I'm serious and they'll stop listening. 90% of the people listening vote conservative as well. They just don't talk about it. Don't admit it. Someone goes, who are you voting? Oh, Labour, 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 Labour. Election day comes around. I want to keep on my mind. You've, bro you've, you've broken flat. I want to keep on my I want to keep on my Everyone knows I vote you, Kit Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep on my money, so I'm going to pretend. Yeah, pretend I'm Labour. Um, People are la Labour in public, Conservative privately. Well, that's um, how they win general elections so easily because every, everyone lies about or, or exactly. won't admit about voting Conservative. Yeah, don't don't vote for anyone. Just let's burn it all down. It's my, it's my political I've, I've, I don't They're think all I'm liars. I, I mean, I've can't, I mean, if we're gonna do, actually, let's not do politics. Let's just not. No, nah, I can't. I don't even know why I said why, that. Yeah, I did, yeah, that was a can of worms. I don't honestly couldn't care less. At the I real used John to really Bass. Care. At, at the real John Bass. <laughs> <laughs> forward slash UKIP forward slash membership <laughs> forward slash sign up now uh, alright that'll do I think boys Lovely. nicely done Lovely, Ricky I mean to be honest like, fishing is about as conservative as you can get nah I don't think it is mate of course it is no it ain't how do you work that out we're spending thousands of more... pounds on a hobby that that, that returns yeah. zero that's mate, cruelty I mean, to animals cruelty to animals <laughs> It's fox hunting in the water, mate. So I don't know what you're no, about. That's, that's fine. I'm up for that. You just exchanged that... one of the red jackets for a barber. Don't you know that, mate? I ain't got enough money to buy a barber. And instead of dogs, you just got maggots. It's yeah. fucking. That's what you mean. Fish get unhooked and they get put back in the water. There's no dogs around that attack them and rip them up until they're dead. Have you ever thought about uh, punching one of the fish? Yeah. No. Does it not occur to you? Does not, do you not think of the in-betweeners every time there's a fish on the side of the thing? Oh. Oddly enough, I don't actually. That's weird. yeah, that's weird. I should one of the greatest scenes yeah. in the history of you British comedy. Uh, in-betweeners is underrated because it's so, so sort of base and crass. Yeah, he's yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant. But there's a scene yeah, with them in a, in a in a they're in a little rowing boat and there's a fish oh. and they don't know what to do with the fish. And I'll leave it there because I don't want to spoil it. Um, well, yeah, but Ricky, can I just say my favourite line in that bit is fucking genius when it when he goes, well, "What can we do with it?" And then Thingy goes, "We could eat it." And he goes, "I'm not eating that's come out the fucking sea." 
<laughs> Every time he says it, I know it's coming. I still absolutely piss myself. It's fucking brilliant. Um, Reed, do you not get a bit squeamish when you're pulling the hook out of the mouth? Like, isn't it hurting the fish? No. How do no, you know that? The, you don't know because, that because uh, the fish's lips are numb. <laughs> they don't feel a thing. Scientifically, they, they've, they've got no feeling. He told lips. you that. Did your dad tell you that when he That's first took you fishing? Don't know. Don't know. Feel. I don't know where I got it from. Feel pain. I mean, just think about it, right? Put yourself in the shoot. Imagine you're swimming along in the ocean. Then you see like a delicious hamburger and you think, oh, I'll have a little bite of that. You bite it and then a fucking massive hook goes into your cheek and mm. pulls you out the water onto like an oil rig sized thing. They look at you for a bit. They pick you up, hold you, take a couple of pictures, then take the hook out and fucking throw you back in. You're telling me that's not traumatic? That is mental. <laughs> nah, but they'll be all right. Like, they'll forget. Fish, fish lose memory after like seven, 15 seconds or something like that. <laughs> Ricky, it's, good for right. it's good for Ricky's mental health though. Yeah, it's good for my yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Bad for theirs. Passing it on. Passing the bad karma on. Give me the good stuff. You take the bad Negative stuff. Negative energy in there. Negative energy in the river ruse. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. This has been the Fighting Club Podcast. We'll be back on Thursday for the Q&A pod. Until then, enjoy uh, Tottenham Hotspur smashing up West Ham in emphatic fashion with all the XG. Bye, boys. Oh, sh- Bye. Bye. Network.